Watch who? Welcome to the Two Watch Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And this is a very special episode. So last week we finished watching the very first series. We got to the end and Sarah, that was the first time you've watched any of those episodes. Yeah. So we thought we would have a bit of a celebration episode, looking back on some of our favourite moments and some of the characters that we've talked about so far. So we decided to do a little bit of an awards um, which I think some of you, if you follow us on social media, will have seen already. Mark's been sort of giving a little bit of tasters out there. And this is sort of the awards ceremony. So this is our Doskers. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Two Watch New Doskers, Series Ooh. 1. <laughs> so me and Mark, we sat down as the panel of the two of us. So, yeah, so we, um, we've got some categories and, yeah, we went through our favourite moments, our favourite characters. Uh, so we have the nominees for each category and then we are going to announce the winner <laughs> of each one. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll go through each category and, um, and have a bit of chat. So the first category in the Doskers... <laughs> is best monster so the nominations are the Daleks from the Daleks the Vord from the Keys of Marinus the machine's power will spread through the planet there is no escape now except for us. The Sensorites from the Sensorites. Be careful your power is not taken from you. These intruders threaten us all. And the jars with the aliens in from the Keys of Marinus, which I think are called Morphos. We are the masters of this place. Our brains outgrew our bodies. It is our intelligence that has created this whole city. It was a competitive category. There were um, some good options on the table, weren't there, Mark? Well, yeah, well, actually, thinking about it, for Doctor Who, and because it's so well known for its monsters or Monster of the Week, uh, I don't think in the new series... There's pretty much a monster every week, isn't there? It's very rare that there isn't. Mm. Because we've got the historicals here, there weren't that many options for, like, considering we've watched, like, oh, the first year's worth, there's not tons of monsters to go by. No, not monsters. You're right. Like, yeah. by monsters, we we had these as... Um, the, We're saying aliens, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Like, the sci-fi aliens. The Daleks have got to be there, obviously. Yeah, probably the most famous. Yeah, um, and they did, you know, they did lock everyone up, give them radiation. <laughs> <laughs> they scared Barbara, they scared Susan. <laughs> Knocked Doctor out for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, in terms of a, a monster. And the, first, <laughs> and the first monster as well. So they've obviously a strong contender there. Mm. The Vord, 
we weren't particularly impressed with the Vord, were we? No, no. The Vord was the gimp one, wasn't it? Yeah, I was about to say, do you even remember the Vord? (laughs) (laughs) The black gimp. Yeah. Yeah, so um, not a great impression, really. And they were only sort of at the beginning and the end of that story, weren't they? Mm. Although Keys and Mariners was one of our favourite stories, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really the monster element that we enjoyed. No. Like, they didn't leave that much of an impression on me. And then the Sensorites... We sort of liked them, didn't we? I mean, end of episode one, generally, when I, first, I was saying, as when I first watched that, that moment where it appears at the window is a great moment, a great monster moment. Mm. So they deserve that. Yeah. And the costumes themselves are mental. <laughs> <laughs> Just ridiculous. <laughs> well, yeah, with the feet. Their feet and their grey onesies. Hairy head. The hairy yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, okay, but not not a classic, really. And then um, I wanted to include the jars in the, the brains in the jars because I thought they did, they're very basic, but they worked really well. Do you remember them? <laughs> I remember them, but I mean, you were the one that wanted them. Like when we talked about this, like we had the Daleks, I was the sensor, and you were like jars in head, and I was like, sure. <laughs> you were very much like you well, were for this a lot. Well, there's not many. There aren't that many options, but I thought they were really. When she smashed them up, and they're like, no, and like the voice. Even I know they're literally just eye stalks in a jar. That set. I don't think there's, they're not, there's not even much movement, but I think they look suitably gruesome. And with the voice where he's like screaming and Barbara smashing them up, I just thought that was a uh, a memorable monster moment. But is it more that you're for the monster or more for Barbara's actions? No, I thought they were. Pro- I thought they were sort of scary. I did. Like <laughs> when I first watched, like, d- did you not think? No. I don't know, sort of brains in jars and stuff. It's always I don't know, I think they were I thought they were good. I thought they were good. If that's the case, in Keys and Marinus, we should have had like the the grass growing. <laughs> yeah, well that's yeah, I didn't okay. Okay. <laughs> um so would you like to announce the winner? Okay, I'm opening my envelope. The winner of Best Monster is the Daleks. Yeah. I mean... Well, they've got to be, haven't they? They've got to be. Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, they're a classic. Yeah. We had an honourable mention for the Sensorites. Because of that end of episode... Because of that scary moment at the end of episode one. Well, yeah. But you've got that scary moment with the Daleks that when the plunger comes for Barbara at the end of the first... I mean, that is a great moment as well. So, But obviously, you've got to give it to the Daleks in this series. They definitely made it and without the Daleks we wouldn't have had any of that Thal stuff we wouldn't have had all that enjoyment (laughs) no we would not so (laughs) go then there we are well done Dalek we'll see how they how they do later on right next category is best villain the nominees are Vazor 
from the Keys of Marinus. <laughs> You're safe here. That door will keep anything out. Or in. Thetoxel from the Aztecs. This is a false goddess! And I shall destroy her. The chief administrator from the Sensorites. These absurd names they all have. None of them wear any signs of authority or badges of position. How are we to distinguish them? Leon from the Reign of Terror. Put all ideas of escape out of your head. And as for your rescue, well, no one will come here. You can take my word for that. Carla from the Keys of Marinus. The old man didn't know where the key was hidden after all. And so by villain, it's not sort of like the the, mon- the alien monster as such. It can be more of a... The baddie. The annoying baddie, usually. I've just realised there's a lot of Kings of Marinus in this, but that sort of shows how much we love that story. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, it's like it's four individual stories. So... Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people, yeah. Um, so Vazor... <laughs> this is the first time anyone's ever known his name, I'm sure. <laughs> Who is the guy in the cabin that attacks Barbara? Just, just in case people aren't sure, <laughs> I had to actually look up his name. When we were talking about this, what did we call him? Like cabin guy. Cabin guy. <laughs> that was a really strong moment in the Keys of Marinus. He's going to attack Barbara. He's possibly going to rape Barbara. I'm just going to put it out there. He is horrible. Like, yeah, not like... And also, like, he's the closest, I think at this point, to human, like, normal human that we see. Yes. I mean, he's only in that one episode. He's not, like, the villain of the whole piece. But it's it's just a horrible... It's not... It hasn't got any sort of sci-fi to it. It hasn't got any... It's not somebody in a in a shiny suit that makes it a bit more out there. It's more of a reality. Yeah, I think that's why, isn't it? It's more shocking because it's just more... It, that could be like a kitchen sink drama moment with, you know... Do you, know, do you see what I mean? That's how it feels like. That is exactly what it feels like. It, Yeah, he's not nice. And then we've got Thetoxel. I hope I'm saying that right. Thetoxel. From the Aztecs, who is who you thought was the panto villain of the whole piece? Oh yeah, he did my head in with his stripe across his mouth. Yeah, and but he really was the villain of that whole story. He everything he did was to he was his, he had his scheming and he had his you know try and um, get Barbara and out of p- position and every single episode in that story he's up to something. So he is he is a genuinely good villain in that, and he, I think he and you think he plays it a bit more over the top. I think, but I think he's only well, no, no, he's great as a villain. I mean, like he, like you say, he plays it so well. But it is it is a kids show, like you say, so it, it is proper panto villain. But in terms of villain, right from the start, he is a like he is against them. He's not on their side. Um, and it just gets really annoying by the end because um, Pantoe and and it's a costume, I think, that makes it Pantoe as well. But, um, yeah, yeah, he's a classic villain. But the co- but then the costume is very, must be very authentic. And it's, 
yeah, and I suppose, yeah, it is more of a, because he's in that costume, because he's got the black stripe across his mouth, which I'm guessing that's what Aztecs did. Um, it it <laughs> make him more of that. And it's good that he's got that, because then you recognise him as well. <laughs> that's one thing about the Aztecs episode. You have you know exactly who everyone is. They are very um, distinguishable compared to... Um, Sensorites. Sensorites. You haven't got a clue. That's the whole point of it. They all mix themselves up. So, yeah, no, Aztecs is very obvious. Okay. And then next, uh, speaking of the Sensorites, our next nominee is the Chief Administrator Sensorites. Hi, Mark here from the future. Just a quick note to say that after we recorded this, I realised he's called the City Administrator. It's still a rubbish name. First of all, worst title ever for a villain. <laughs> or anyone. That's the worst title for any position. He got up to all sorts of things. Again, a very scheming, a very scheming character. It sounds like he's like the secretary or something. Not even the secretary, though. The chief administrator sounds like he does the... He orders a stationery or something for the city. There was like, I don't know who, the one that was above him was good, wasn't he? The one that got yeah. on with Susan. Um, the mayor? I don't know what it was he's called. Just, <laughs> he's just bitter because all he does is order stationery. That's how it feels. Um, I can't remember if he was, if he actually killed anyone. Um, I think he did. I think he killed the guy above him, didn't he? I think so. He wasn't nice. No, he was he bitter. He deserves to be in this list, though. He was villainous oh, yeah. enough to be in this list. Um, he was really annoying. Then we have Leon from the Reign of Terror, who I suppose when you look at it, he wasn't that villainous, really. I mean, he he had a drink with Barbara. Um, he well, he was the one. He was the one. That he, he was the traitor. That's why he's in this list. He handcuffed Ian. He was. A villain to Barbara and Ian, so that he deserves to be in this list. Villain through and through. Yeah. And then we also have um, Carla from the Keys of Marinus, who, um, well, she she was very, she was, again, scheming. That's what they all have in common in this list. Very scheming, trying to frame Ian. Yeah. Bitch. She framed Ian and she captured Susan. So she that and she was definitely had that villainous streak, didn't she? She's the only female on this list. She is actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's it was quite unusual, actually. I think at, at that time in the sixties, I know. Well, no, maybe not. But she was quite a a strong villainous character. So um, she does, yeah, I think she deserves to be in this list. She's the one you didn't suspect, though, straight away, because if you remember, it was like her husband, you thought it was her husband, and then it turned out that they were partnered up with the other guy above, and then it turns out actually like it was her and she kidnapped Susan, you know, it was all very like yeah, and she gave misleading and stuff, wasn't it? She um, phoned Barbara and was like, I've got Susan. <laughs> I've, you know, I know. She did that. Oh no! Well, actually, no. Barbara worked out that it was her. There was like the anonymous phone call, wasn't there? Um. So, yeah, all very good contenders. All very good contenders. But there can only be one winner for best villain, as ever. As ever. And would you like to open the envelope? <laughs> and the winner is 
Photoxel from the Aztecs. Oh, he was yes. such a dick. Well, yeah. <laughs> was, he's, yeah. And he got away with it as well. Yeah, he did. He was not Carried affected. on as he normal. He was villainous. And he was villainous at the beginning, and at the end, he's in exactly the same villainous place. So, well done, Photoxel. <laughs> So our next category is Best Supporting Character. Uh, so these are people that have come up in the stories that our, our regulars have made friends with. Supported our characters through their journey. And the nominees are... Ganatus from the Daleks. Well, Barbara, the dress you'll make from this won't be suitable for swamps and caverns. A duo. We've got a duo. Altos and Sabitha <laughs> from The Keys of Marinus. We might well return to the city of Millennials. We still have our travel dials. Ping Cho from Marco Polo. How I miss my home in Samarkand. And your home, Susan. You've never told me about that. And Kameka from the Aztecs. I'd hoped I might stay by your side. Good bunch there. Really strong category, really strong. Um, when I say that then, I feel like I'm talking about Crufts. I don't know why. These are characters that have left a good impression on us. And we have, you know, we've remembered them. Yeah. Because they have, they've taken part in these adventures. Ganatus, I mean, we've talked about Ganatus a lot. He's come up a lot throughout this podcast, throughout different episodes. We've referred back to Ganatus. Um, well, yeah, it's the whole Barbara Ganatus situation, <laughs> isn't it? But even if even if you take Barbara out of the equation, he was he was leading that expedition with Ian. He was side by side with Ian, getting through and trying to beat our number one monster, the Daleks. So he does. He really d- deserves it. I think. Well, I don't know what you think. He put up with. Barbara as well. He looked after Barbara and he brought the Daleks. He probably brought out Ian's like saving side. Yeah, he's um a hero side by side with Ian. Um and then next up, Altos and Sabitha together, because they both joined in the Keys of Marinus together from Morfordton City, and then they stayed on all the adventures right through, didn't they, till the end? Yeah, we talked about this. We talked about whether they were separate and we decided actually we couldn't have them as separate. We had to have them as joint in this category. Altos, let's not forget as well, doesn't wear trousers. Yeah, he doesn't wear trousers. That's all I know. I mean, that is worth an award in its own, going through all those different situations without any trousers on. Um, I feel we could have had a costume category as well in all this. I will do that next time. But Ganatus trousers... (laughs) <laughs> and Altos trousers I feel like like costume also makes an impact on best supporting yeah. character so far do you know Altos would have suited Gandalf's trousers I think with the holes in <laughs> <laughs> like Barbara yeah yeah um and Sabitha as well she's well she it's her father that is the one that looks after all the the Marinus mainframe thing. And so Altos and Sabitha are left there to possibly start up a new civilization on Marinus. So 
and and they're very instrumental in with the jungle stuff and the court case. They're there every step of the way in the ice mountains. So they, yeah. they it's not like they just turn up and, you know, they're in a couple of scenes. They are right through the adventure with everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then next up, Ping Cho from Marco Polo. This was your nomination. Well, I thought she was... Um, she's friends with Susan. She's on that journey throughout. I know we only did the cut-down version of Marco Polo, but she she steals the TARDIS key. She tries to help out and gets into a yeah. lot of trouble for that. Um, and she runs away from the camp off to some other place in China somewhere. <laughs> You know, so she, I think she deserves her place. I really do. Yeah, I think maybe the cut down version didn't have as much impact on me as maybe it did for you. Okay, and I'm yeah. sure some Marco Polo fans out there will argue otherwise. Um, but that's okay. That's why we have two judges on our panel. <laughs> and then last up is Carmaker from the Aztecs. The Doctor's fiance. We love Carmaker. We were big Carmaker fans. Maybe not as strong a character as some of the other others in the category, because I mean, she helps out the Doctor. She sets up the meeting. She makes some cocoa. Um, she doesn't do a lot though, really, if you think about it. Well, they wouldn't have got through. Um they wouldn't have got out if it wasn't for her because she did set all that up. And I think she knew that he wouldn't stick around. I think she hoped he would, but she kind of knew deep down he wouldn't. But she set up for like that meeting and for helping them out. So she's mm-hmm. a pretty key. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I I can see why she's in this category. She's um, She does deserve that. Yeah. Okay. So shall we just, shall we uh, announce the winner? Yeah. And the winner of the Dosca for best supporting character is Ganitus. Yes. <laughs> Again. It had to be. It absolutely had to be. There was there was only one. Those trousers sealed the deal, what can we say? <laughs> It's going to take a lot in next series to beat Galatus as best character. <laughs> we have not met anybody as heroic as Galatus since. Yet. 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 <laughs> okay, now we're on to a very big category. Best regular. Yeah. So Ian, Barbara, Susan and the Doctor. A very competitive category here. Well, yes and no, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear your thoughts. (laughs) I mean, should we go through them? Okay, let's start with the Doctor. Okay. Big journey for him. Yes. The the character that is at the very first episode and then is right at the end of the Reign of Terror is completely different for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. He goes on a massive journey. Um, mm, yeah, he goes on a journey. I won't say massive journey, but he goes on a journey. Very much, he does develop, um, becomes more empathetic. 
he has his moments. He has his angry moments still, but he is by the end of the series, he is the Doctor as the hero and as the main character that he will continue to be. Um, he, I mean, he's had his moments in this series. That's the only thing. Maybe this series, he had, you know, he captures Ian and Barbara, Mercury on Scarrow, um, Edge, the whole of Edge of Destruction. He's pretty horrible. And then he tries to throw Ian and Barbara off the ship at the end of the sensor rights. So he's got those moments don't. <laughs> They're not in his favour. Not in his favour, no. Um, but if you look past all of that, then you've got the nice stuff in the Aztecs with Kameka, his moments with Barbara, the nice moments with Barbara. Um, and he's enjoying the adventure and being in the company of Ian and Barbara by the end. They're a, they're the team. They're not these, to him, they were sort of these alien, sort of aliens that came in to his TARDIS. And although he's the one that took off, so it's sort of his fault. And that's a whole nother thing. Um, he's okay. Maybe not the best he's going to be, but he's all right by the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we move on? Ian? Ian. Well. Well, indeed. Um, Your hero. Well, well, indeed. My hero. Um, yeah, he's great. He does go on a journey, but a journey to greatness. Um, he does start out in denial. Uh, he is negative Nancy at the start. Just for what? An episode and a half? Yeah. Well, actually, no, actually, on Earthy Child, he's pretty because they go straight to the cave, don't they? And then he's just trying to get out. It's it's difficult with Ian and Barbara in a way because they're, they're su- just trying to survive those first couple of stories, aren't they? Mm. But when any of, any of the cast are on holiday, Ian steps up. Or even if Ian's on holiday, Ian steps <laughs> up. <laughs> he makes sure he records those scenes before he goes away <laughs> to be the hero. So, I mean, the the fights, he's rescued everybody, what, every week? He's been on a, at least two potholing expeditions. Um, Let's not forget the Aztecs, where suddenly Ian was a street fighter. Exactly. Where did those skills come from? Like, where did those skills come from? <laughs> that was so ridiculous and wonderful. I ridiculous can't... and wonderful. I can't think of any sort of weaker moments for Ian apart from his denial at the beginning, which you had to have really as part of the the setup of the story. I can't think of any other moments where Ian has just he's he's not given up at any point. He's not gone against the sort of the doctor or what they're trying to achieve. He's got empathy as well for the other characters. He very much tries to look out for Barbara. Uh, mm. He's very aware of her um, lack of awareness. He has a lot of concern for Barbara, doesn't he? There's really not a lot of bad stuff to say about Ian, really, is there? No, he's great. He's great. Okay. <laughs> Will you choose, who are we going to talk about next? Barbara. Barbara, okay. Now you've had a very com- complex, uh, complex I've had journey a complex, with Barbara. I've had a complex journey and a complex relationship with Barbara. Um, 
as regular listeners will know, I do feel for Barbara. I think she's had it rough. But what, what point in the series did you go from come on Barbara to I understand Barbara now? It was after Edge of Destruction, but I can't maybe another episode after Edge of Destruction. What was the one? So we had Edge of Destruction and then they went into Then it was Marco Polo, then it was Keys of Marinus. So it was Keys of Marinus. It wasn't Marco Polo. It must have been Keys of Marinus. Keys of Marinus, for me, was a big game changer on many levels because um, it gave lots of individual moments for the characters and I think there was things like that. I think you got to see their individual strengths and that is, I think, where Barbara did come into her own. Yes. Because you did get that. You got her actually stepping up and fighting and... Because you didn't have the doctor. No, yeah, that's part of it, isn't it? Because he's not there. Ian and Barbara have to step up and take some of that on. Many times yeah. that's happened. Yeah. So, so she sort of had to. She still has her some weaker moments. She doesn't cope particularly well in some situations. Yeah, I got annoyed. So, Aztecs, for example is an example where Barbara is um, good and bad. You get So whereas Ian is generally quite consistent, Aztecs is an example of Barbara at her best and worst. She's strong in that this is a topic she knows well. She's, like, independent. She's, like, owning it. But she also makes really stupid calls and decisions where you think, or just refuses to see sense to the detriment of everyone else, or does things that puts everyone else at risk. I think that's where I get annoyed with Barbara. Mm. Her own stubbornness or lack of... um, And it's the writing, like, you know, it's, it's just how it's been done for a woman in the 60s. But it is the fact that her actions put other people in danger. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good way of summing it up. Yeah, it does. She doesn't always think necessarily. Or she doesn't really, yeah, she doesn't really think the outcome of her, yeah, of her actions. Yeah. Which, ironically, is what we, the doctor doesn't either, which in quite often, um, but he will try and fix it. Whereas with Barbara, other people have to fix it. It's true. It's yeah, true. Yeah, like, yeah. um, you know, when when um she's when the doctor, you know, messes up and gets them all stuck somewhere. Quite often, he's the one that's like quite on the ground sorting it. And whereas with Barbara, usually it's other people because she's got herself such pickle. I don't know. She hasn't got the level of knowledge to sort it out. I mean, from like a a sci-fi sort of level, you know. Um, that's all I can say without going into another. No, yeah, don't, let's not. Rant on Barbara. Yeah. I think Barbara is great, and I think she, yep, she is. She's coping well. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> she's coping well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which leaves us then our last nominee, Susan. Oh, Susan. Foreman or Susan 
the Time Lord, not that we know yet, or Susan, the 15-year-old. She started off so strong in that first episode. That is my issue with Susan. She was that unearthly child, that mystery, and that mystery could have gone on a lot longer, but it lasts until the beginning of the Daleks where she's scared of a jungle. There's so there's so many times as well, like we've talked about before, where you think she's going to change, you think there's progress, you think there's development in that character, like you have with the other characters, and right. it doesn't. Because everybody, because at least Ian and Barbara, after Edge of Destruction, they come out, that really helps their character. Edge of Destruction for Susan, she's crazy, and then she doesn't really have that, resolution at the end of edge of destruction that all the others do because at least the doctor gets on with ian and barbara ian and barbara have faced their situation and they've sort of accepted where they are susan is just well nothing really is it is nothing and she's upset and she likes ian and barbara around but she's always liked them being around she's not bothered about it is she no um and then you had that that brief bit of development in the sensorites with her um telepathic skills and then that nice moment with the doctor about she's mentioned actually so marco polo she mentions about her home sensorites she they have she has a chat with the doctor about do you think we'll ever make it home there's those little hints but it just then doesn't go anywhere nothing else no that's it and i think again what was really annoying about the sensorites was it was an episode about her growing up and and then the week after she was just screaming and annoying again. Yeah. Almost like second episode, Susan. Yeah, that's the problem. It's just it, when it does go a step back, it's not just a step back. It's right back to the beginning all over again. That, yeah. That's the issue, isn't it? It's not. But then, yeah, she has those moments. She knows how the fault machine works and she she you get those moments well i i always pick up on that where you think oh she actually knows how the tardis works as well and she knows her technology and her she could have had a bit more of that she could be the one that's helping you know fixing stuff or working problems out on the computer or or something like that she could have had that element but then like we've said before she's not then identifiable with the the audience it's just a really weird character, I think. I th- like you say, I think it's I think she's got to be either one or the other. Hmm. I think she's either an alien that can be useful and actually and she could still be a young alien. It's not really, like she doesn't have to be old. Um or she's not and she's young. Um but she's got to be one or the other and she's just hot. No. Yeah. There we are. That's Susan. There we are. So here we are. Let's announce our winner. And the Doska for best regular goes to... Ian. Of course. Ian Chesterton, well done. Yes. Well, we've had some pretty rough times and even that doesn't stop us. Oh, it's a wonderful thing, this ship of yours, Doctor. Well done. Well well done, you. Well deserved. Well done. <laughs> Very well deserved. They couldn't even get through his holiday without having Ian save the day. Yes. Okay, right. A couple more categories left to go. 
So then we have best story. Our favourite story from this first series. We've got four nominees. And they are... An Unearthly Child. I have no matches. I cannot break fire. I cannot break fire. The Keys of Marinus. Sand here and glass on the beach. I'm beginning to think that sea of acid is a defence barrier. The Daleks. The whole city is powered by static electricity. Well, how do you know that? A single wire, you see. And the Aztecs. Where did you get hold of this? My fiancé. I see. Yo, what? So we, we narrowed it down to those four. Obviously, when we were watching these through, I knew what was coming up and what we what the sort of the series looked like. For you watching it for the first time, did it sort of have its how did it sort of flow? Did that were there sort of were there what was the moment where you were like, This is really good, I want to see more? Or what was the moment where you're like, I cannot, how am I gonna get through this? Did you have any of those? <laughs> Are you asking whether there were highs and lows? <laughs> because yes, there were highs and lows. Lows were edge of destruction. Like phew, that was painful. Um, no, well, I all, think. Well, it didn't obviously make our nominee list. <laughs> no, it did not. Okay, so well, let's well, let's just go quickly through the stories then. Unearthly child. First one, it's got yeah. to be there because I think that first episode is still amazing. And, the, and we both enjoyed the cavemen stuff. So what was interesting, actually, was what you said about a lot of this, that you've enjoyed rewatching this from a different perspective. Absolutely, yeah. And what, what I've come out of it with is these sort of extra little storylines that have been going on at, at the side or in the background that m- not necessarily the part of the main adventure or with the cave with the cavemen, some of those characters and the Thals. I've noticed that rather than the sort of big moments where, oh, there's the Daleks, they're going to, they're, you know, attacking and you've got those bigger moments. But then, yeah, the Thal story, Barbara's story, it's, and watching them in order as well, you get more out of it in that way with the regulars as well. So those two things, the side stuff and the regulars, um, yeah, I've rather than what I would normally do, I've got all my DVDs. I'm like, oh, I feel like watching this, or I I watch a lot of the same ones again and again, my favourite ones, and then I don't pick up the sensorites. <laughs> well, I don't know who does, but I don't really watch them as much. And the more you watch them, the more there's always something new in these stories to watch or to to discover. So I have I have enjoyed doing that. So yeah, some of these I am I'm looking at in an in another light. Reign of Terror actually, Reign of Terror. Yeah, I've watched a, you know a few times. Not you know it's just been there, but this time I'm like I really got into the the intrigue of it and what was actually happening and thinking about when it was the historical stuff that it was actually set in and being interested in that as well. So there's a lot to get out of these stories. I think what's been interesting for me is how you've seen it in a different way. I thought that you would just enjoy watching, (laughs) just enjoy me finding it different. Um, Not you seeing things in a different way. So that surprised me. 
I don't know, because like you say, like, would you have ever thought the Keys of Marinus would be one of your top episodes of season one? I'm still surprised that we both like that one. I really am. (laughs) Also, what's interesting is us doing this now in isolation. Yes, it is a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, I forgot to say at the beginning, we're still in, in the old isolation, which actually when this episode comes out, you we don't know we might be all we might be all right by now but as we are recording we're still in isolation yeah so i think as well that does affect so you saying you really enjoyed reina terra i didn't find it as interesting but that might have been different if we were watching it together so shall we shall we announce our our winner Maybe it's because as well, we always ought to take away when we watch these and I just miss takeaway as well. I know, yeah. We do usually have a takeaway, don't we? I can't yeah. order takeaway like all the time. <laughs> the first one that we do when we're out of isolation is going to be the best story and we're going to have so much food. <laughs> and we're going to be talking all over each other because it's just going to be crazy. And if it's a disappointing episode that we're watching, like it'll just be me crying into like, some Thai food or some. <laughs> <laughs> Let's announce our favourite story. We haven't been through them all. <laughs> we've only well, been through. I don't, know. We, I don't know. We've talked generally. I mean, we've sort of said. So what the were they? Today. Sorry, an earthly child, Keys and Marinus, Daleks and Aztecs, and the Doska for best story goes to Brrr. Keys and Marinus. Yeah. <laughs> only one winner i mean i really loved it a surprise winner absolutely i think like we've gone for the fun adventure rather than anything else i think and that's fine that's good that's there'll be some people out there that are annoyed it's not the daleks but um stuff you is what i say to that (laughs) 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 i'm watching this for the first time and i've gone for fun so you get your Daleks as a villain. Oh, do you know but, what? Um, you know what? What? Um, what? When these... So they're releasing these bit by bit on Blu-ray. So Ooh. each season is coming out in a Blu-ray box set. They haven't done any 60s ones as yet, as the date of this recording. Um, but I think they're going to get around to all of them. And when they release the Blu-ray box sets at the BFI in London, they usually do a screening of a story to help promote it. And I've gone to quite a few of those and they sell out. In, literally in minutes they sell out now they're really popular events so when they release season one imagine if the BFI showed the keys of Marinus on the big screen we were we are going we it's are going. not it's not going to be keys of Marinus oh, well six episodes Daleks seven episodes that's a lot to sit through in the cinema oh imagine if it is the keys of Marinus though imagine, imagine. if it's such a destruction oh <laughs> yeah, okay. but Keys and Marinus on the big screen would be amazing. So, well, if it's Keys and Marinus, I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. Absolutely. I mean, that's the only way you're getting me there. But I'm yeah. there. We now have go to our our worst moment of the season. Ooh. So we've got three nominees here. So we had a bit of a chat, and we came up with these three. So, <laughs> the nominees are <laughs> the whole of the Edge of Destruction. <laughs> I see. So 
Also, if the spring were broken, it would be as if your finger were pressing it down all the time. Barbara being attacked in the cabin in Keys of Marinus. It's traumatic. Put that down. Don't you dare come near me. The TARDIS lock being stolen in the sensorites. I can smell something burning. Hmm, so can I. Okay, well, let's just go through them then. So, number one, edge of destruction, the whole thing. Yep. Definitely the, the low point in the whole series. Just because, well, for me, I just still don't really understand it. I don't know what happened. Because I know they were, the the spring was stuck and they were travelling back towards the Big Bang and the TARDIS was trying to warn them that they can't travel back that far because they're going to be destroyed. So in order to um, to warn them, it started opening the doors, doing the things to the scanner, melting the clocks, trying to give them clues so time was being taken away from them. That's why the clocks were melting. And I don't know why the doors open, but it doesn't explain why Susan goes mad with the scissors. And it doesn't explain why they're all being horrible to each other. So I, it's those that it just doesn't make sense for me. And then all I, get, the... I get the explanation, but it just doesn't add up to me for those things to happen. And then all it is, is, a, is like it's stuck, isn't it? That's all it is. Like the, it's something so trivial. Like oh, oh, look, it's st- like just and and yeah. it's something like it's almost like oh, you just put some WD for. Like he explains it, doesn't he? Like how a spring works or something. Like it's something so <laughs> ridiculous. I can't remember. It's not WD forty. <laughs> it's not WD forty. I can't remember what it is now. But he explains <laughs> something really trivial. Like it's so <laughs> ridiculous. So it, it it deserves its its place here, um, and then Barbara being attacked in well she isn't even attacked really Barbara and that man in the cabin <laughs> in Keys of Marinus it just affected us it just shocked us I think that's why it deserved it's just a bad moment it is yeah for Barbara I think I think it's out of place because it's just a bit of more of a slightly too adult moment in a fun adventure story yeah yeah it's we just remembered it as not being nice so it made yeah. this list. It just stood out around all the other stuff that was going on that was more that adventure and it just didn't really even, which is funny because like obviously Susan with the scissors and Edge of Destruction is a bit of a moment, but it fits with that story. This didn't fit. Um, And then the sensorites and the key being, the uh, lock being taken in the sensorites. So in that very first episode, the TARDIS is like right behind them. A sensorite comes up like chisels and does some fire thing and takes out the whole of the lock and then literally like a few meters away barbara's like oh i think i can smell something burning anyway they carry on <laughs> it happens right next to them nobody notices nobody even turns around <laughs> even you were like it's right there <laughs> and then they turn like, right, they turn right, right at like, the end like oh no the lock's gone <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're off. They're like, yeah, let's just go now. And they walk like two paces and they're like, oh, what's happened? It's just a silly moment. And I think it's it's purely, it's more of a production thing, really. They just haven't got a big enough studio. That's the problem. (laughs) Do you know what? You rarely get annoyed. Like, it's one of our running jokes. I get annoyed really easily. Like, I get really frustrated. I'll be like, what the? You don't. You just sort of laugh. But you being like, it's behind you. Like, it. you just being annoyed at that, like, 
it's right there. It's two paces. That makes it even funnier for me. Like the fact it annoyed you <laughs> is so funny for me. I mean, I get that the, the studio is too small, but it's just the way it's shot. It it doesn't help the way that it shows that the TARDIS is right there and they're standing right next to it. And him. the fact it, that in one camera shot, they walked the two paces, they could have done it even in such a way that the camera is looking at them as they walk or something. Like, I mean, whatever, mm. it, it's the way it was done. But the camera, it had them all in one shot with the TARDIS is there and they walked their two steps. Oh no, that's what the burning was. <laughs> it's just really bad. And it, it's also a shame because that is a really good first episode. The suspense and the sort of what's going on, and you've got the sensor right at the end of that episode. It's a really good mystery episode. Yeah. And that just it's just moments like that just let it down. So yeah, I think it deserves to be there. Okay, let's let's announce our our winner then. Our Doska goes to Edge of Destruction. Terrible. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, it had to be. It had to be. That whole story. So then we are on to our very last award. This is the the big award at the end of the night. So our very last category is the Ian Chesterton Heroic Moment Award. Awarded for an outstanding... Heroic moment. <laughs> a moment of heroicism? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A moment of strength and dignity and something that go on. A moment of a moment of strength in the face of adversity. Well done, Mark. <laughs> and the nominees are Ian for his fight in the Aztecs. <laughs> Susan get running through the jungle in the Daleks. <laughs> um, and Barbara smashing up the jars in the Keys of Marinus. <laughs> Uh, so they are all three very strong moments, very strong moments for our, our lead characters there, apart from the Doctor, who's unconscious for most of that series. Well, let's start with Ian, Street Fighter Ian. Street Fighter Ian comes from nowhere. Like, like particularly, okay, I can have, like, you know, maybe some, like, um, camping skills, like tying rope and stuff like that, you know, you might have learned that as a scout. Like, in the Aztecs, he is fighting a fighter, that guy is trained to fight to kill. Ian, like, comes in, like, cocky as anything. He's, like, not even scared. He's, like, I can I can uh, take someone down with two moves. And he, like, pulls that guy to the floor. And then when it's when they're about to go, and he could easily just, like, leave. He's like, I've got unfinished business and goes and does that massive street fight with that guy. And kills him. And kills him. him. No, no, like, just a breeze, just like a walk in the park for Ian, that. Where did that come from? Ian, the science yeah. teacher. Well, you don't know. He Maybe he does, like, karate on the weekends or something. Apparently so. Well, it's a very good moment for him. And, well, they... 
I was going to say they they survive because of him, but actually they don't because they could have just got in the TARDIS. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. He doesn't need to do that fight. That's the ironic thing about it. Like, they're pretty much there, and it's almost like like pretty much there. There would have been a moment of like them just being able to flee, but Ian's like, i got to do this sort of thing. It, yeah, it's great. Ian. Classic Ian. But that's another level, Ian. Um, and then... Number two, Susan going through the jungle in the Daleks. Now she has to get those drugs. That's why she's sent off to get the radiation drugs. Susan, 15-year-old child, has to run through a forest. Pretty brave stuff. If she hadn't have done that, she hadn't have got through and got back again. She had two journeys. Um, (laughs) If she hadn't got there and back, they would have all died of radiation in the Dalek city nothing would have happened after that. There would be no episode three. There would be no episodes. That would be it. So it's a very brave feat. So yeah, she, and she has that cliffhanger. Is she going to make it or not? And she, she does. So that's why she's in the, in the category there. She saves everybody. Yeah. With her actions. Absolutely. And then our third um, nomination is for Barbara in the Keys of Marinus. Everybody else is brainwashed in the Morphaton city and Barbara works it out. She knows what she has to do. She has to smash up those aliens in the jars yeah, and then breaks the spell. The whole city is liberated and then they can, like, she brings down the whole of that <laughs> that place, the whole of the control, the whole of, of whatever they were controlling and doing. So... This is, Without that. This is the first episode that's a game changer for Barbara as well. Yeah. I mean, you could sort of argue it's her fault because she's the one that went to the city and <laughs> ordered all that food and stuff. But, um, yeah, she works it out. She's up against it. All the others are – she doesn't have anybody to help her. She does it all herself. Yeah. So that's why that's there. It's a very it's a strong moment for her to, to just go through. And all she does, is she just walks in and just smashes them up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what she would have done if that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but she does it. But she does it, yeah. So let's announce our winner. The special Ian Chesterton Award for Bravery Doska goes to Susan. For yeah, running through Susan. the forest. Yeah. Well done, Susan. Well done. I'm surprised, actually. But I think it's well-deserving because it's her actions that save everyone. Absolutely. And the others, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, she really needed to do that. And she was very scared. It was very brave. We When we talked about this in the second episode, like, my frustration was at the fact that Barbara didn't. And I was like, they sent a child. Like, you know, it, it was ridiculous. But she does it. It's very brave. So 100% she deserves it. Yep. Yes. Well done, Susan. Absolutely. And then, well, that's hopefully there's many more brave moments for her coming up, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. That's our end of series awards so well done to all of the <laughs> well done to everybody that won well done to the nominees 
we've had some feedback uh, throughout this series on on some of the uh, subjects. Uh, so I just want to read a few of those out. Uh, so first up, we've got um, from the Lost on Gallifrey podcast. Uh, it's Luke that's got in touch. He said he likes the Keys of Marinus. Who doesn't? Well, actually, on Twitter, there is a lot of love for Keys of Marinus Ooh. out there. There really is. I've, I'm surprised. It's, it's not just great. He also said that the brains of Morphoton are a very overlooked monster. <laughs> exactly what I totally agree. I, didn't I say? You didn't did. I say those brains in jars are some of the best monsters in that first series? <laughs> <laughs> and he also and he also likes the Edge of Destruction, which. <laughs> well, we we'll exactly. we will just agree to disagree on that one. What am I going to say? But yeah, so thanks for that. Um, do listen to the Lost on Gallifrey podcast. Uh, they talk about different stories. And whenever they talk about it, I'm always like, oh, yeah, I've never thought about that. So um, you can give them a follow, Dr. Underscore Podcast on Twitter. Uh, thank you very much for your comments. Also, we heard from Unconventional Pilgrimage on Twitter. Um, and he said his favourite sensori is the second elder. Um, he was only trying to protect his family group, which is true. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> he was. I remember. He was. Yeah. So definitely, that is. Yeah, he's the top sensori. I totally agree with that. He was. Bless him. Um, I also put out. I, you probably didn't see this because I do the Twitter. <laughs> if everyone wasn't sure. Um, I did. I put something up about bashing Barbara, basically, and there was a lot of people that were like, "How dare you!" <laughs> like you, that would not have a word against Barbara. I can't go through all of it, but there was like quite a lot of um, <laughs> traction on that particular tweet. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't do the Twitter about. just for that. I'm not- glad. Yeah. So <laughs> I did worry. I said to you, I'm worried about like the anger that I might get. Yeah, I told you, I, I knew it. But you know, There are lots of fans of Ian and Barbara out there. Um, and also just want to shout out to Keith Say on Twitter, who listens every week. Um, he actually said, you know, way back when I said about fans being the not we, like people that watch that aren't fans are called not we. That is something from Doctor Who, that term. I wasn't sure. I should have known this. So it's from a Doctor Who story called Kinder, um, which is, well, it'll be a long time till we get to that one. But that's <laughs> where the not we thing, it's not just a strange phrase. It is actually from a Doctor Who episode. So thanks for pointing that out because, yeah, I, I knew it sort of in the back of my mind. It was from something, but. Okay. Um, yeah. By so, then, I will be a we or whatever it is. But Well, yeah, well, maybe you are already. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> Okay, well, um, as I say, I'm very excited for us to continue this, <laughs> to get on with some more stories. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of the next series, we'll do some more Doskers uh, and see how things have changed. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram to watch who. And wherever you're listening to podcasts, if you can give us a a follow and a review, that would be most appreciated. Thank you for those that have given us reviews so far. Um, we're glad to hear that people are enjoying it. Thank you. Um, so we will be back 
in a couple of weeks with uh, with the next series. So see you then. See you then. Bye bye. Two. Watch who. Hey, Doctor Who, what are you talking about?